No matter in life what you try to do, you're dead too. Hello, and welcome to You're Dead Too, the problematically prescient podcast about our shared inevitable demise. I am your host, John Toyson, and uh, joining me this week on the program is nobody. I have been talking with friends of mine who run podcasts. Uh, special shout out to the What If podcast. Um, uh, we, <laughs> given the fact that the majority of the U.S. is under quarantine now, um, the ability to have people down here in studio with me is going to be particularly difficult. So I've been looking at ways to have people call in and. I suppose that'll be the way to do things in the future. But this is the podcast about our shared inevitable demise and how we are, um, how we're all going to die someday. And now this is my therapist laughing at me saying, here's where the rubber meets the road, kid. Here's where it gets real. This is when you have to step back and say, is this in bad taste to keep doing this? And maybe. I don't know. I am... So I'm in Minnesota. I've made that clear before. Today is Thursday, the 19th of March, and I have been under self-isolation with my wife and daughter for... uh, Going on... One, two, three, four, five, six... Five or six days, kind of give or take... Um, depending when we started counting, actually, but shit got real weird real fast here in America. I looked back at show notes to see when I first started talking about the coronavirus, or COVID-19, as it's been affectionately dubbed, and I was talking about it back in, at the very earliest, I can see, um, January 30th, I was talking about concerns about it and whether or not it was going to come here and this has been a long time coming and here we are so boy you know it's not I have been someone who tries to prepare for the worst or at least thinks about what could potentially go wrong with a lot of scenarios and it does not feel good to be proven right um we as a country have not been prepared for this. There was a lot of panic buying, certainly in the last two weeks. I was a part of it, trying to be a rational, you know, slow prep person who we happened to have a large surplus on hand anyway of the basic necessities. Um, But going to the store, you just kind of say, well, maybe I'll just go one extra thing of this and one extra thing of this. And, um, we happen to be well stocked here. It's weird times here in America. Uh, I have been watching what's been happening globally for a while, and I've seen how China has both not dealt with and then dealt too much with, and then now apparently appropriately dealt with the coronavirus as they've gotten to basically a point of not having any fresh cases anymore. So we unfortunately are ramping up here in this country, and we're about a week out before stuff starts really hitting the fan. 
Seattle has already seen their bad share of it. There is uh, shelter-in-place rules in San Francisco and other places on the West Coast. New York is looking at that as well. Uh, bars and restaurants are shut down all over the country, as are schools. I am home with my daughter now, and I am already uh, beat. My, <laughs> I'm... Uh, this is where it becomes quite apparent there is no age quite like a toddler wherein, you know, if this was a newborn that I was dealing with, that's fine. I can just change diapers and, you know, hang with a baby all day. I have no problem doing that whatsoever. That's why I was so gung-ho about being a stay-at-home dad. I, you know, they get to a certain age where there's an autonomy to them. I've got friends with kids who are slightly older than ours, and I can already see that there's like a, a logistical level of discourse in how they interact with them. And like, you can kind of explain to them why you can't leave the house and what you can do. But uh, with a toddler, you don't really have the ability to reason <laughs> and they don't seem to operate with it. So it's a very, uh, it's an exercise in patience to, to get her through the day. And I just feel so terrible having to isolate her from friends and family, but this is uh, the new normal for now going forward. And I'm, you know, handling it like anybody else would. I'm, yeah, it's, it's weird stuff here. So if you've got questions, comments, concerns, by all means, send them to the email, find me on Twitter or Instagram. Lord knows we've all got way too much time to be, um, open and active on social media these days. Uh, my wife is working from home and got a nice tidy office set up um, in what was the kiddo's previous room. And uh, she was talking about a conference call that she was on where they talked about the notion that there was a mistake made early on with the term of social distancing. It should have been physical distancing because we're um, social more than ever. Supposed to be more social than ever because you know, this isolation is not good, although I am admittedly one of those people who the quarantine is not really affecting my life that much. It's more so the fact that leaving the house is verboten. Um, although I will say I'm very glad that this is happening at least in March and not in uh, November because that would be even more difficult with a long, hard, cold winter here in Minnesota. At least today we were able to get out in the rain and take an umbrella and go puddle jumping and get our wiggles out that way so it's been weird so far but we're seeking solace and comfort whatever way we can get it and uh figured i would keep doing this until somebody tells me for the love of god this is in bad taste stop i am approaching this tentatively i mean that's why the name of the episode is what now because i just put a year rap in the books and that's I'm very proud of that I could if I wanted to just close that chapter and say that was a good fun experiment and this is what it is and I will move on to do something else or maybe never pick this up again but I don't want to just walk away without trying to keep going on this and this has certainly been a sanity thing for me in dealing with some of this anxiety, even just last week's episode, talking through everything. I felt better after 45 minutes of that than I did before I came downstairs. But I, uh, you know, I want to be mindful of, <laughs> you know, I've seen how the, the audience numbers have dropped precipitously given the nature of the podcast. I've been looking for my own relief of just like comforts of 
pounding bowl after bowl of Frosted Flakes. Turns out I'm a real stress eater. Like, I knew that kind of in the past, but it's become incredibly apparent now. I mean, I got all the regular provisions for, you know, rice and beans and potatoes and meat that I can freeze and vegetables that I can just quick stir-fry up, but, like, I definitely got my share of junk food, cereal, chips, candy. Like, I am just self-medicating that way. And dealing with that as it comes, I mean... I can still get outside, technically. I just I need to be mindful of taking care of a little one who does not understand exactly why it is we can no longer see her friends except over FaceTime. So I am prepared to cautiously and delicately dive into the future of this and see what this is, but we are facing a reckoning on every level that you face it from personal level all the way up to the grand scale of global humanity, um, we are looking at, you know, this is not like Ebola where you catch it and you are basically going to die. This is something that is definitely difficult and potentially life-threatening for anywhere between 1% and 10% of the population depending on your demographic and who you are. That is not nothing. That is obviously huge. So we are about to see more death indiscriminately throughout the world than we have in a long time, in many people, for in their case, for an entire lifetime. I, If you can't already tell, I'm, compl- <laughs> I'm completely burned out chasing a toddler around all day and uh, trying to figure out how to corral her while my wife is dealing with, you know, the market melting down and as we are quickly approaching, entering, and stagnating through a recession here into likely a depression, this is uh, uncharted territory. And I uh, have somebody, I'm married to a, a woman who is a wonderful optimist and somebody who always strives to look on the brighter side of things and she... Uh, for better or for worse, will just kick me in the butt and say, you've got to try to look at this in a positive light, and I, I will absolutely try to do so, but it doesn't mean I'm not bushed at the end of the day. <laughs> so I want to approach this in the right, reverent way, but I just, this is weird shit, and I don't know how we're going to deal with it. So China uh, dealt with this by locking things down and the strictest of strict quarantines and shelter-in-place procedures and the government coming in and taking dissidents away and uh, disappearing people as they are kind of notorious for doing. We've seen other countries uh, take more strict measures beyond what the U.S. has. Uh, The U.S. basically did no preparation, and here we are. We had no pandemic team in place. We were hobbled by the absurdity of the modern American political theater, uh, Italy, meanwhile, uh, has run out of crematoriums. They are, the bodies are piling up faster than they can burn them, and they've brought in their uh, national armed services to take them away, to remove them, because they are, this is what the worst case scenario looks like, is just there's too many bodies. We, we can't save everybody. We have to make uh, choices on who lives and who dies based on likelihood of survival. This is not something to be approached lightly or or carefree. It's something that I want to be as 
respectful and reverent as possible, but holy shit, you know, what What do you do? And, at, and then at the same time, I can look out the window here and literally birds are chirping, you know? I mean, I went for a walk with my daughter today. We were outside in our driveway with sidewalk chalk and you know other than the fact that we can't really go anywhere we're just forced to have a staycation where bad stuff is happening all over and that's kind of the er example of modern existence meeting our primitive fears of the boogeyman out there and you can't punch it you can't beat it you can't run from it you just have to be cautious and distancing which is the worst thing for this dumb social animal to do this is we've had this fragile deck of cards that we're living with or you know a house of cards that just one little thing goes and suddenly the whole thing tips over and life gets weird and this is also something that i've thought a lot about what i've read in um atul gawande's book being mortal that talked at great length about the graying of America and hospice services and dying with dignity and how to deal with those who society kind of wants to pretend don't exist. This is the worst possible option for that. Um, it's a reality that we, d we don't want to face, and we're in uncharted waters here. We're just trying to be as careful as possible, and it's heartbreaking to see communities just cut off and people saying hello through windows and having conversations over the phone through, you know, an inch of glass saying, I'll see you when we can see you. But I, um, you know, I worry about my parents. I worry about my in-laws. I worry about anybody I know that, like, literally I think of everybody that I know, and then I start going through their medical history as I know them. Do they have high blood pressure? Do they have any kind of underlying disease? What kind of childhood did they have that there might be some issue that I'm not aware of? Like, And yet it's just very quiet here. So I'm just trying to find the peace in what I can. I'm healthy. My wife's healthy. My daughter's healthy. And there's not much that I can do to take action beyond that for those around me right now. Uh... I'm trying to meditate still. I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> still abstaining from alcohol. I can see my liquor shelf off in the distance there, and it's certainly beckoning, but uh, the anxiety you get from the cycle of drink, sleep, wake up, repeat is not worth what I would be getting into, let alone the notion that um, there is a newborn on the way here that I don't want to be capping myself to not be able to deal with unexpected scenarios here. I mean, what it's become for me is just living in the first 24 hours here, and I'll worry about the next 24 hours when I get to it, and that's how life works with the newborn for some people, and for me anyway, but I just had to start that process a little earlier than I would have expected, but that's life. There's no guarantees. So I don't know what form or shape this is going to take. I don't want this to become just a political soapbox but man there's some villains out there there are people who are 
even in times of crisis, in global uniting crisis, still take any opportunity to be self-serving shitbags that just will do anything for a dollar or anything to look out for number one. And it's amazing to see how people have not learned the lesson of the only time you should look over at your neighbor's bowl is to make sure it's not empty. My parents had sent me an article comparing and contrasting circumstances to the Spanish flu or the, you know, the great influenza epidemic of 1918 and how once that had passed in a serious way, you know, once people had gotten with, you know, a year out from it, people didn't really want to talk about it because they were ashamed of how they acted during those times and how they abandoned people and how they ignored their community and how they let people just suffer on their own because they were so busy desperately looking out for number one. And I absolutely get that. I can see that. But what I am very heartened to see is that that has not been the case so far in Minnesota. People are absolutely reaching out to people, taking care of each other, doing what they can for income and supporting people and supporting artists who are forced to work on the horseshit gig economy that we've forced them to deal with because our entire capitalistic society is built on one specific model of income and anything that is made outside of that is kind of a clarinet reeds and duct tape assembly of just however you can make bills and meet. But you just, I don't know, this is weird stuff. So I'm, I'm happy to see how much people are helping each other. And, you know, I'm checking in on my neighbors and checking in on friends and family and offering whatever I can do to help. And, uh, it certainly feels dire, you know, it's, I, good Lord, do I embrace my dark humor, but a while ago, I got out of the habit of watching the evening news and then a lot of late night talk shows too, because it was just wind me up and felt like it was just venom getting into my head. And now in a certain way, I have to do that again, where, you know, I'm, <laughs> what I am thrilled with is that there is telehealth, uh, the ability to talk with my therapist over FaceTime is a godsend. Um, you know, therapy, meditation, medication, and getting whatever exercise you can. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I've really, I've got no specific subject I wanted to tackle for this week. I just wanted to get on the mic and talk to people and let them know that I'm here, I'm healthy, I'm aware of the unfortunate um zeitgeist that I'm a fucking part of now that, oops, I um, am a little more relevant than I thought I would be. So how do I handle that? Um, and yet at the same time, there's this unromantic notion of, yeah, this, this, I must have been entertaining the same subconscious notions of immortality that I thought I had been dealing with because the scariness of all of this is the reminder that, yeah, it comes from me too. Um, yeah, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm scared. But I got to put on a brave face for my kiddo and watch some Paw Patrol and color and make necklaces out of beads and I don't know, whatever little thing I can do to make her feel better and make her happier and, you know, combat the cabin fever. Happy to do so because this is going to be the new normal um, for however, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But if you're out there, if you're listening, thank you. I 
Hope you are well. I hope you have peace. I hope you have comfort. I hope you have love and support. If you want, reach out on social media. Tell me to shut up or tell me to speak up or tell me to speak up about something that I can help people with because that's kind of the cosmic joke of all this is no matter in life what you try to do, you're dead too. So um, some of us are getting our check cashed a little earlier this time, but um, doesn't mean I have to be disrespectful about it. I just want to talk with people about it and... If you'd like to talk, if you'd like to come on the show, uh, very easy way to do that technologically, but just reach out and we can set it up. Uh, again, you're dead too at Gmail or you're dead too on Twitter or Instagram. I'm out there, and uh, don't be a stranger. We're all we're all individual little lifeboats out on the ocean right now. So take care, be well, get some sleep, and uh, we'll talk next week. Mm-hmm.